Is it time to make a change in your church? What I want to start talking about today with you is the life cycle of a church. Now, every church is going through a life cycle and it goes through the same stages. There are uh, the same stages that every church goes through, every organization goes through. It goes through the same process of a life cycle. But in there, built in kind of a meta element of the life cycle, there are two very distinct points of change, two places where change is most effective. Um, now, you can do change at any point, and at some stages, lots of change is happening. But there are two specific points where change needs to happen at one of the uh, one or the other in order to make sure your church remains effective, moves forward, remains a thriving, uh, lively church that's impacting its community. And if you don't know what stage you're in, then you don't know if it's the right time to make change or if maybe you should hold off just a little bit longer and wait for the next step, the next stage where change will be accepted, where uh, everybody will rally around it, and you as a pastor can lead forward through change without all the friction that sometimes come with it. And so what I want to do today is start this conversation. We're going to walk through what the stages are, and then we're going to look at each stage and you can give you questions that you can ask to better understand where you are, what stage you're in, so you know where to go and what the next stage is after that. And so we're going to start the conversation today and we're going to cover it in a few episodes. And so let's get started. So the big question is this, how do pastors like us who remain focused on the mission of Jesus and serving our communities without being distracted by everything in the world around us, how do we increase our effectiveness while living a lifestyle that doesn't compromise our health, our families, or our personal relationships with Jesus? That's the question this podcast is going to answer. I'm Dr. Brandon Party Cooper, and welcome to the Ministry Hackers Podcast. Welcome to this episode of the Ministry Hackers Podcast. So glad that you are here with us. So glad that you're joining me on this episode, and I hope you're doing well. Wherever you are and whatever it is you're doing, I pray that God is blessing you, blessing your ministry, blessing your family, and especially in this fall time of year, as we're coming into the holidays, I pray that you are getting some downtime, you're getting some preparation time for next year, and you're getting some time to really reflect on the, on the last year and all that God has done, as well as what God's going to do as we close out the year. So that's my prayer for you. And as always, at Ministry Hackers, our job, our focus, what we are doing here is really trying to make it so pastors like you, ministry leaders like you, can find the lifestyle that they're looking for, where they can pastor a growing church, growing ministries, at the same time, enjoy the life that God has given them. Uh, because I believe that ministry is more than, or life is more than just ministry, that we're called to do more than just what we do at the church and what we do in, um, in the ministries that we're in. We're called to impact our communities, our families, our friends, the people around us, and enjoy this life that God has given us. And so that's what we're here to do. That's the focus of this podcast. And so I hope that's what you're looking for as you're coming in to this conversation today. And in that idea or that thread, uh, I want to invite you uh, to take advantage of our step-by-step -step process of how you can go from where you are as uh, maybe you're an overwhelmed pastor, or maybe you're uh, dealing with stress and anxiety, maybe you just feel like there's just not enough time in the day. Well, I, what I want to invite you is to take advantage of our step-by-step -step process, leading you from that point to the lifestyle that you're looking for, leading you to the place that you want to be, um, where you really do get to enjoy life and enjoy ministry and give everything you have uh, to the calling that God has given you. And so I want to invite you to go to brandonpartycooper.com 
slash more time, more money, brandonpartycooper.com slash more time, more money. And right there, you're going to find a step-by-step process. It's going to walk you straight through how to make that a reality. And I know that at this point right now, it may feel like I just don't see how that's possible. There's just too many things for me to do. But I promise you, this step-by-step process is going to take you from feeling like this is just not possible, and it's going to move you straight into a lifestyle where you get to enjoy both ministry and family and friends and this life that God has given you without feeling all the stress and anxiety and overwhelm that so many of us as pastors deal with. And so, um, again, go to brandonpartycooper.com slash more time, more money, get your step-by-step process and begin moving forward today on living that dream life that we talk about here on the podcast. So again, brandonpartycooper.com slash more time, more money, get your step-by-step process today. Okay, so we are talking about the life cycle of a church. Now, you may have heard this. There are many versions of this out there. Um, I believe that it originated from Harvard and some studies they did on organizational life cycles. And uh, I was first introduced to it by uh, when I was given a book by one of my mentors, um, a book by Hans Finzel. Uh, and the book was um, Top 10 Mistakes Leaders Make. And in there, he kind of unpacks just briefly what this church life cycle looks like. Um, and so, and it's a variation of the Harvard one and a variation of several others. So my point is, is that there are lots of variations of out there. This is one specifically designed, um, for churches and ministries. And, and I'll be honest with you. I took Hans Finzel's, uh, version of it and I tweaked it just slightly, um, because I, I felt like it, uh, connected a little bit more to where we are today in churches. And so, um, but really what it is, is it's, it's looking at a life, the life cycle of a church. And if you imagine a bell curve, and there are several steps along the bell curve, the first far left point being birth, and then the far right point being death. So basically when your church doors open and when your church doors close for the, for the last time. And several points in between. And so what I want to do is I want to walk you through today in this episode, I want to walk you through each one of those steps. Um, very briefly, just kind of give an overview. And then in uh, episodes to come, I'm going to unpack those a little bit more give you some questions that you can ask uh, to identify which stage you're really in. Um, But today what I want to do is I just want to give you a brief overview of what the organizational or the church life cycle looks like. So maybe you can start figuring out where you are. Um, So the first stage, like I said, is birth. And this is uh, in our modern context today, this is church planting. This is, uh, you know, saying, hey, I want to start a church and we're going to do all the steps that we need to. We're going to build a team. We're going to uh, you know, incorporate, uh, you know, with the government, whatever the steps are that you need to take within your denomination or within your fellowship, uh, you're going to take those steps and you're going to open the door of the church for the first time. Your first guests are going to come. Um, I've had talked to many people who planted churches and it was, uh, you know, there were five people when their church planted. Um, nowadays, we have a lot uh, more sophisticated, I guess you could say, um, approaches to church planting. And, and, and some of us have seen church plants of three, four, five hundred people on that first day. But this is birth. That's the birth point is when the doors open, you hold your first services, your first gatherings, and people are coming in the door. And everybody's excited and everybody's curious, especially if you're coming into a, into a neighborhood and, and maybe there has been a deficit um, within the neighborhood of, of churches or, or, you know, really um, spiritual depth in that area. People are going to come out. They're going to they're going to walk through the doors just to find out what's going on. And they're going to join in the excitement. And so, uh, this is a fun stage because um, you know it's a challenging stage because you're 
you know, you're just kind of getting it off the ground and you're not really sure, you know, quite what's going to work and not, not going to work. But this is the birth stage. The doors are open. People are coming in. And you as a pastor, you maybe you have a team. Maybe you're doing it just by yourself or you and your spouse. And you're getting the, the church open. Um, and, and, and there's lots of steps that gets to that point. But this is the, the beginning where everybody's excited and, and, and um, there's a, a great sense of, of who you are and you're connecting with people and you're excited telling people, you know, you're going to your kids' baseball games and you're telling everybody in the stands about your new church plant and inviting them to come. And that's the birth of the church. And then the second stage is infancy. So infancy, again, so imagine, you know, you, you've had a child and, you know, you, you get through those first nerve-wracking phase uh, of birth. You know, the, the, the baby is there, you take them home, and you're starting to just kind of figure out life together. Well, the infancy stage of, of a church is no different. Um, you've opened the doors, people have come in, you know, you've had a few services, um, you know, you're kind of, you, you're kind of figuring out a little bit of, of what is working and not working. You've worked through some of the bugs, but you know, you're at the, you're at the infancy stage. Now you're at the surviving stage at this stage. It, you're, you're just trying to keep the church open. You're, you're managing your money very carefully. You know, you're, you're being very um, intentional about connecting with people everywhere you go. You, you, you know that in order to keep the church going forward and keep those doors open, in order to do that, you got to keep bringing people in and, you know, you keep need to, to, to manage your finances so you don't run out of money and you have to shut the doors right away. This is the surviving stage. The infancy stage, you're just focusing on survival. Um, you're making a few missional and, and strategic steps, but for the most part, you're just doing whatever you have to do to keep those doors open, to connect with people and to keep them coming in. Uh, to your services. And so this is, uh, again, this is a, a fun stage because there's lots of excitement, there's lots of uncertainty, and even navigating some of the challenges are fun because you're like, oh, I don't know if this is going to work. And, you know, you dive in and you make mistakes and you're like, oh, that was the terrible idea. We should have never done that. And you move to the next thing. At this stage, you're a lot more malleable because you know, you know you're going to make mistakes. You know that there are going to be steps that you do that are just complete misses. And you kind of roll with that and you move with it and you, you, okay, well that didn't work. So you move to the next thing. And, you know, again, like, you know, if you've, if you, if you're somebody who's had a child and you've brought that child home, especially that first child where, you know, you're like, uh, you know, I know when I brought my son home for the first time, um, I was not one who was around kids a lot growing up and didn't work in the kids ministry and hold babies. Just wasn't really my thing. I was very scared of dropping them. And so when I brought my son home, it was like, well, this one's mine. So I have to be very careful. And so I would hold him very carefully. And, you know, you know, there are mistakes that I made along the way, things that I did wrong and learning how to change diapers and learning how to feed them. There was just things that I messed up. Um, but you know, kids are malleable and you know, they're pretty, uh, they bounce back pretty well. And my kid is doing wonderful today. Aiden is wonderful, <laughs> even though I made mistakes along the way. And, your church, the same way. You're at an infancy stage and you're going to make some mistakes and you're going to do some things that you're going to be like, why did I ever even try that? But your church is going to make it. It's going to keep going. It's going to keep growing as long as you're, you know, feeding it, as long as you are bringing new people in, as long as you're, you know, teaching them to give and teaching them to get into their word and teaching them, you know, you're discipling the people that you have and creating connection points. So that's the infancy stage. It's the survival stage. Um, when you get past that survival stage, you get past infancy, now you're into childhood. Well, this is a fun stage because this is where your church is really kind of getting its feet. 
you survived, you've made it through this first uh, several months of, you know, maybe even the first year of, of, um, of existence, your doors open, you went through the birth stage, you went through the infancy stage, you survived. Now you have a budget. You actually have a budget, money that is consistently coming in, that's steady. You have maybe you have some, so, some pretty solid core people who are on your team, volunteers. You may even have a staff member or two at this point, depending on what, uh, what your situation is, but you are, you are at the childhood stage. Now you're figuring things out. You're kind of getting your feet under you as a church. You know, you're figuring out what your discipleship process really is going to look like. You start figuring out what your volunteer uh, culture is going to be. And you start figuring out, okay, th- these are the things that we're really going to focus on um, as a church. Even you as a pastor, maybe you're figuring out, you know, you're kind of settling into your preaching style and your, and you, and your sermon prep uh, uh, rhythms. You know, you're kind of figuring out uh, an overall rhythm of how you are going to operate as a church, how you as a pastor are going to operate in this uh, situation. Uh, this is kind of a fun stage because, you know, everything is still new. You're still doing, you know, maybe you're having your first really big event or you're, you know, you're having your first baptisms or you're having your first, um, you know, whatever. Lots of new things are happening. So it's super fun and exciting. And this is a stage where you're taking lots of pictures and, you know, you're telling everybody about every cool thing that's happening. And, you know, this is the get your, you know, getting your feet under you. This is a fun stage. Um, and this stage could last, you know, for a couple years because, you know, it takes a while to kind of figure out. Unfortunately, many of your launch people, um, you know, they may exit at this point. You know, they, they've gone through the, the launch and, you know, that, that all the excitement that was with the launch. And now that you're kind of settling into figuring out who you are, you know, those people are like, uh, you know, I don't really want to do this anymore. And they go off somewhere else. And, and now you have people who are saying, hey, this church is, you know, it's what I'm looking for. It's what I'm all about. I'm, I'm all in. And they stick around and, and you're creating this core group of people that's lots of fun to be around, lots of fun to hang out with. Uh, lots of fun to do things with and, 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 you know, fun to preach to because they're super excited and they're very receptive. Uh, this is a fun stage. Childhood, the childhood stage is lots of fun. You get, you're getting your feet under you. And after the childhood stage, you move into adolescence. Now, the adolescent stage, just like a teenager, is really just kind of finding yourself. You, your feet are under you, so you're stable. You've stabilized. You have a budget. Uh, you have a calendar, you have, you know, a core group of volunteers, but now you're in adolescence. And so now that you have all these pieces kind of in place, now you have to start asking some of the more difficult questions of who are we going to be as a church? Really? Uh, we had ideas at the beginning and we've kind of fumbled through, through the last two stages of, of, you know, kind of what we would like to be, but now you're at the finding yourself stage. You're at the adolescent stage. You're saying, okay, when I grow up, what do I want to be? What, what, what is God wanting to do with us? And how does he want us to impact this community? And again, you've had ideas along the way, but now it's, start, it's time to start putting together real solid systems and processes. This is the point where maybe you really kind of dive into your database and you really kind of uh, build it out so that it's working for you instead of just capturing names and emails and addresses and things like that. Uh, this stage is where you, you know, maybe you have to start implementing some policies or maybe you're bringing on um, full-time staff members um, and you're saying, okay, you know, you're having to make decisions on which staff members are the most important. Am I going to hire a kids pastor? Am I going to hire a worship pastor before I hire something else? What are your first hires? What are your first um, 
really major shifts and changes, um, this is a stage where you start to run into difficulties and challenges because, you know, maybe some of the people that came on um, originally with the church plan or in the first like infancy stage, you know, maybe they're coming to you and be like, hey, pastor, this isn't really what I was looking for. You know, when we, when we came here, you know, two years ago, this wasn't really the direction I thought we were going to go. And, you know, I'm just not really happy about that. I think we might leave if we don't change that. Those are the conversations you start having. This is where uh, you love your church. You are still in love with this wonderful church that you've planted and they've watched grow to this stage. Uh, but now it's becoming a little bit of a headache at times. Like you still love it, but you're like, man, these are problems I do not want to deal with. These are problems that I was hoping I could avoid, or these are problems that I just really would rather just leave alone. That's the adolescent stage. Just like a teenager, a teenager, you love them, um, but it's like they kind of lost their mind and you're not really sure who they are sometimes. Your church looks a little bit like that too. Um, but it's okay because this is natural. This is These are the growth points. And, and for church planners, sometimes this can be very frustrating because you have this wonderful thing that you've poured everything into you and your family. You've sacrificed and you've worked hard and you've reached this point. And now you got all these people complaining about this, that, and the other. And, and, and you're having to decide, okay, who are we? Where are we going to go? What's the mission? And who are the people that are going to go with us? Because at this stage, you're going to say goodbye to some people. And it's okay. It's okay to say goodbye to them because they're not on board with the mission that God has given you and the direction the church is going. And sometimes people come for seasons for a specific reason. Again, most people that are on your launch team are not going to be people who are going to be with you in adolescence because they love the launch. They love the excitement. They love uh, the energy that comes with launch. They love the, the ambiguity of how it's all going to work out. They love that. But then when you get into adolescence, well, now, now we're just doing church and they don't want to be a part of that. They want to be something, they want to be a part of something that's exciting and moving and shaking and all that. But now we're just doing church and I just don't really want to do that anymore. Well, that's okay. Some of those people, it's okay for them to move on. Maybe that's just kind of their role is they go around and they help other, uh, they help churches plant and that's just kind of their thing. It's okay. Let them go. Give them a big hug. Tell them you love them on the way out. But you're figuring out your mission for your church at this point. What are you want? Who do you want to be as a church when you grow up? And so that's the adolescent stage. After the adolescence, we go into prime. Now, this is the stage where everything is working. This is the stage where things are just humming along. Everything you do is working. People are coming. People are being discipled. People are growing. People are giving. Uh, you have uh, abundance in your finances. You have abundance in your volunteers. And you just feel like on top of the world. You feel like, man, everything is working and, and everything that you're putting your attention and time to is just, man, it's just clicking. Um, it doesn't mean that everything is fixed and nothing is broken, but it just means that everything is really moving the way you want it to. And this is a fun stage. But unfortunately, this doesn't last. This is the thriving stage. This is where everything is is, is really kind of coming together. But unfortunately, we, we would want every church to stay here, but that's just not the reality. Because after the... After the, the, the prime stage, the thriving stage, then comes maturity. And this, unfortunately, is where most churches are. And this is most likely where your church is if you're not a church plant. The maturity stage is where we settle in. This is the church where we settle. This is the stage where we as a church settle in. This is who we are. This is what we do. This is how we do it. And we're not really interested in changing that anymore. We've, fig we've been around long enough. We kind of figured some things out. 
we know this works, this process works, and we don't want to mess with that. We don't want to tweak it. We don't really want anybody coming in with any new ideas to mess with it. We we have we have we have the battle scars that have proven that we know how we know how to do this. We've done this, and we don't need to change it because we just know how to do it. And that's the settling in. This is where uh, maybe we as pastors and ministry leaders we kind of say, ah, you know what? Let's just do the event that we did last year. Let's just redo that because we had hundreds of people come and really made an impact. Let's just keep doing that. We recycle things. We recycle curriculum. We recycle events. We recycle sermons. We recycle over and over and over again because we've figured out a system that works and that we don't want to mess with. That's the maturity stage. Unfortunately, as is true with every system and every process that's ever been created, over time, it starts to fall apart. And in the maturity stage, all those things that were working, that have worked, that you figured out that were working like clockwork, eventually those start to unwind and you move into the aristocracy stage. This, you have reached a point where you've come full circle and now you are just surviving again. You as a church are just surviving. You are opening the doors. Some people are coming, but mostly it's just core people. Mostly it's people that have stuck around. Mostly it's people who are bought in to the church as a whole. Maybe they're nostalgic about the church. Maybe their kids got uh, baptized there. Maybe they got married there. Uh, you're sitting in more of a monument than a missional church. This is the aristocracy stage. This is a stage where you are uh, you're back to really kind of counting your pennies, managing the budget very closely. You're letting things go. Uh, because you don't have the money to to fix things, the building is starting to deteriorate a little bit. Uh, maybe your ministries have you know are starting to shut down because you don't have anybody coming, or you have ministries that have one or two people who you know who have been going for the last twenty years to this ministry, and they're just you know you have this one Sunday school class that just keeps hanging on, and they're not going anywhere uh, because they've just kind of settled in. But if anybody new came in, they would feel out of place, and it just wouldn't because they've kind of figured out their, their way. And so this is the aristocracy stage. And this is a stage where uh, a large number of churches are sitting at right now. Um, they're not really effective. They're not really making an impact anymore. They're just there. They're just in town. Uh, most people may be aware that their church is there, but uh, most people you know, don't know anything about it, don't know anybody that's ever gone there. Um, and it just sits there. It's just a building. Um, where a handful of people gather. Um, this is the aristocracy stage. And the unfortunate part is, is that many churches can be at this stage for decades, can sit at the aristocracy stage for decades, when really what they should do is just move to the next stage. And that's death. That's closing the doors and saying, you know what? We have served our purpose. This church has served the mission that God has called us to. We have um, done what God has called us to. We've made our impact in the community now other churches in the community are making an impact, and so we're going to close our doors. We're going to uh, join in with other churches in the area so that we can be an asset to them, and we are going to be more missional than we are uh, about our own church. And, and when we close those doors, when those doors close for the final time, that's the death stage, that the, the book is closed on who we are as a church. We've 
done what God has called us to. We planted. We did great things. We made impacts. People were saved. Salvations were had. Baptisms were had. Uh, people were uh, called into the mission field. People were called into ministry. Uh, we serve the purpose that God has called us to serve in this community. And now it's time to close the doors and move on. And so those are the stages of the church life cycle. Now for you, you may know exactly where you are. You may say, that's where we are. That stage is exactly where we are. And you may say, I don't really know where we are. And that's okay. What we're going to do in episodes to come in the next few weeks is we're going to walk through the stages and we're going to look at what each one really looks like, get down to a little bit more of the nitty gritty, give you some questions to ask and say, is this where I am? Um, so that you can know, not only know where you are, what stage you're in, you can know what stage is coming, but more importantly, you can know when is the right time to make changes? When it, can I make a change and really make the most impact with the least amount of friction? And so, so in the next few episodes, that's what we're going to do. We're going to unpack each stage, look at it and understand it and have a better understanding of what you can do today to move forward to remain in that prime stage and not fall into the aristocracy stage and ultimately move on to the death stage. So, um, so yeah, so I'm super excited about going through this because I think it's going to be very helpful for you as a pastor to know exactly where you are and what the next steps are. Okay, so I hope you have a wonderful rest of the day and I will see you in the next episode.